0: welcome to episode 67 of the Lace em Up podcast. I'm Steve
1: Ellsworth. I'm Brett Dubuff. We can guarantee
0: this podcast won't be as dated because no one can trade anybody anymore.
1: Yeah, woo. Yay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: podcast jinx, what can I say about that thing? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk about uh, two big trades, uh, the trade that we didn't talk about because we recorded six hours before uh, episode 66, that is. Um, and that would be Ben Bishop. And then, um, Kevin Shattenkirk, who we also alluded to, uh, he also got traded. Um, so we'll talk about that as well. And pretty, pretty much all of this show is going to be talking about the trades, uh, what each team did, um,
1: the trade special, probably,
0: probably stuff that we didn't agree with kind of thing. Um, and, and maybe how it affects the expansion draft, uh, as well, because there, there are a few trades that, uh. Could change how certain teams plan for the expansion draft. Uh, So we'll discuss that. And as usual, we'll talk about the Bruins and Sens, what they did on the trade market, how their weeks went, etc. And um, this week is pretty big because they square off on Monday. So we'll preview that game as well. Uh, First off, shout-outs to all the NHL players past and present who are born number uh, 67 there. I'm sorry about that. Uh, Max Pacioretty, of course. He's the most notable. Uh, Mikel Ferliak. Benoit Pouliot, uh, from 2009 to 2011, Gilbert Brulé with the Oilers, he wore a number 67, uh, as a rookie with the Penguins in 2008, Alex Golagoski, believe it or not, wore number 67, um, as a matter of fact, over in Europe, he scored his first NHL goal against the Sens against Alex Old in, uh, the dying seconds of the third period, I remember that goal well, uh, mostly because of his name, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: Ricard Raquel wore no- wears where's number 67, uh, Vinnie Trocheck in 2014, he also wore number 67. So to all of them, and to all the NHLers we didn't mention, this podcast is for you. And now, it's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve.
1: All right so yeah uh, Steve just mentioned that there was a lot of trades this week. It's gonna be trade deadline special for us here. We're just gonna cover all the big trades here um, and uh, we're probably we, probably we definitely missed a lot of these trades but we're I, I think we picked a couple of the big ones. Um, so there we go. let's get started though. Uh, Kirk and Phoenix Copley to the Caps. St. Louis receives Zach Sanford, uh, Brad Malone, um, a a 2017 first round pick and a 2019 second conditional second round pick. Uh, I just, I wrote second twice here for St. Louis. Um, so the, uh, uh. uh, do, do, you want me to t- do you want me to tell you the condition? What yeah, I was about to say because all I, I I just wrote conditionals here, but I don't know any of the conditions. This so, is probably the most. This is complex, your job here. This is probably the most complex
0: one I have ever heard. Okay, okay? I'm going to say it really slowly because it threw me. It threw my brain for a loop. Okay, so here we go. The Blues received the Capitals 2019 second round pick if the Capitals sign Shattenkirk in the offseason, highly unlikely, or if the team reaches the Eastern Conference Finals this year and the defenseman plays in at least 50% of the games. But wait, there's more. TSN's Frank Cervalli says, if the Capitals trade Kevin on July the 1st or before July 1st, the Blues receive a seventh-round pick. If the return to Washington... In that trade, it's a fourth-round pick or better. St. Louis receives Washington's pick two rounds later instead.
1: Yeah, that's like so I confusing. Said, it's complex. Yeah, I still don't get it. It's weird. So, it's weird too because this
0: there's is conditions to that
1: conditional. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. It's weird though because it's it's 2019. That's like, are we still going to have a league in 2019? You know, it's like. When's the lockout? When's the 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 next lockout? Yeah, I know. Uh, I guess it's impressive that they're optimistic that there is still gonna be a league in twenty nineteen. But yeah, no, Shattenkirk's going to the Capitals. Uh, I think the biggest news about this is, I mean, I guess it's kind of surprising because the Capitals are strong on defense, but they get, um, you know, they get even stronger because they have John Carlson. They have, I think, they have another guy on the right side. Um, let me look. Well, they have, here. they
0: have Niskanen, they have Orlov, they have Orpik.
1: Yeah, they, they have, have Niskanen, Olsner. they have Niskanen and Carlson, who are also right-handed defensemen. Um, and then you have a lot of, you have let your left-handed defensemen are Carl Alsner, Orlov and Brooks Orpik. Um, so apparently they have here that Shannon Kirk is paired with Brooks Orpik. Um, and that he's on the third, they have it on daily face off that he's the third line pairing. Um, um, so they got a haul for the third line guy, but, uh, I would imagine he's, but it says here that he's, uh, he's, uh, the quarterback for the first power play line. So, um, yeah, that makes it's not sense. like he's, uh, <laughs> he's some schlub <laughs> here, but, um, yeah, yeah he's doing, uh, I guess the, uh, it makes sense that the Capitals are going all-in. I know that they have a lot of guys who are going to be free agents next year um, or, you know, during the summer. You have, well, you have Kirk, you have TJ Oshie. I think there's a couple of other guys, too. Um, but, like, this is... It, it makes sense for them to go all-in, even though I guess they've already gone all-in before. Um, so it's not surprising in that sense that they made it, it's just that it was, like, really, like, two days where they are like, oh, the Capitals are in on Schattenkirk, okay? Let's, <laughs> let's see what goes on. Yeah, so TJ Oshie, Justin Williams, Daniel Winnick are all UFAs, Kuznetsov is an RFA, Arlsner and Schattenkirk are UFAs, Orloff and Nate Schmidt are RFAs, and Grubauer is an RFA as well. Um, and Burakovsky is an RFA. So they have a lot of free agents this next summer, uh, this summer. And you also have to think about the whole Las Vegas thing. So yeah, um, so they have something to worry about. And it makes sense. And, you know, it's not like Ovechkin and Baxham are getting any younger. So um, I guess it makes sense for them to go all in. And this would be the time to do it and get a guy like Shannon Kirk to help them out. Um, but it is, he's only 28, it is possible that, like, if this works out for them, um, I, I could see Shaddenkirk signing with the Capitals for the rest of the time, although it might be a little difficult considering all these cap stuff, like, Niskan is has $5 million on the cap, um, Brooks Orpik has also $5 million on the cap. And you also have to deal with Ovechkin's and Backstrom's large contracts too. So yeah, um, I don't know. We'll see that, and that, and the hype that Shattenkirk is probably going elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there is the rumors, goal. but it's not to say that it can't happen, though. Yeah, I mean, I mean,
0: it, as far as winning right now, he's in a perfect situation, and yep. I think uh, uh, on top of that, uh, the Blues have also agreed to eat up 39 percent of Kevin's remaining salary, which is good for Washington. Yeah. What's even bigger though is that the Pittsburgh Penguins didn't get Kevin Shattenkirk and the Capitals did because yeah. the Pens need a guy like Shattenkirk right now. Washington can they, they've been able to win consistently without him uh, and now just getting Shattenkirk is a bonus. Pittsburgh needs a power play specialist to help Chris Letang and Justin Schultz. Uh, both of them haven't really had the best February as far as injuries go. Uh, if that team gets Kevin They're lethal come playoff time if everyone's healthy, uh, and they'll likely, one way or another, square off against Washington in the playoffs. And by getting Kevin Shattenkirk and making that move, that's one less guy the Cavs have to worry about during their playoff run. And in a win-now situation, you need as many uh, guys with unlimited strengths on your team as you can. And, and for Washington, a team that, in my opinion, anything less than a Stanley Cup this year is a disappointment,
1: right. a, a guy like Kevin Shattenkirk, the fact he's on your team and not the enemy is probably the best news of all for him. Yeah, that's a good point. However, the Penguins have a lot of injuries on defense, so, you know, we just talked about that last week, and we'll talk about that this week, too. They did get Mark Streit, um, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, and they also, you know, you have Aldi Mata on IR, you have Trevor Daly on IR. Um, well, both could
0: be ready for the playoffs, yeah. so if they're ready...
1: Latang uh, seems to be healthy. Justin Schultz has had a career year. So it's, it's not like they're, like, terrible on defense either. I, Ian Cole also has had a career year too, so they didn't, like, they did address that need. They got Hainsey, they got Mark Streit as well, so, um... It's not. Yeah, that's true, but that's true. But my I mean, they're obviously they're not fight, as good as Shattenkirk, but exactly. And if they get Kevin Shattenkirk, then
0: maybe it's a bit tougher for Washington to beat Pittsburgh. That that's my argument. I there. Ge- but the fact that he's on the Capitals. Yeah, I mean, they don't but
1: But I mean, my point is more that it's not like they just like didn't do anything during the deadline. Yeah. F- for the no, defense, no, no. and it's not like their defense is that terrible either. Um, you know they won last year, so it's not like they're that bad either. Yeah, but yeah, and, and I, I, I guess saying that Washington, I mean. if they face Pittsburgh, it's going to be a slam dunk that they're going to beat them. But they but, have a better chance now with Jonker on their team. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, I, it's also funny. So the uh, the Blues and the Caps also traded um a couple of years ago uh, for uh, the uh, TJ Oshie deal. Yep. And Phoenix Copley was also part of this deal, so mm-hmm. Phoenix Copley is back on the Caps now, which is kind yeah. of funny. Um, I don't know. I think that um, I don't. I'm curious. Let's go. Let's talk about the Saint Louis side perspective here. Um, yeah. Saint Louis is on the in playoff contention at the moment. I think. I think they're on the outside looking in at the moment. But what? Um, It's, uh, I'm not sure why they exactly do it now, I guess it makes sense, considering that Kirk wasn't going to sign there in the offseason, but it's still, they're, they're, let me look here, they're one point out of the playoffs, they're trailing Los Angeles, which we'll talk about in a bit, Um, actually, uh, right after this, um... And they the jets
0: are uh, also the jets are also one point back behind the blues. Yeah, the central Central should also be nowhere. Yeah,
1: they're uh, yeah. I just have here that they're one point back from L.A. And I guess they're let's see here they're yeah they're they're far away from Nashville. So I guess they're kind of uh, I guess you could say that they may be giving up on the season because once you trade Shattenkirk, a guy like Shattenkirk. Um, I feel like you're giving up on the season. Um, so what are well, he, your thoughts on He's, got,
0: he's You're right. He, when you give up a guy like Shankirk, a guy who's got 40 points, you know, it, it doesn't send the right message. But even still, I think they could have a shot at contending for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Even without Kevin Shankirk, it's just going to be a bit tougher now, especially with guys like, uh, with teams like Winnipeg breathing down your neck and you know, L.A. getting quick, of course, back and, and healthy and all that. But, right. Uh I, I think they were looking beyond this year, and the fact is Shattenkirk wasn't coming back. Better to get a couple of assets instead of just waiting for someone to snatch them up for nothing and for lots of money and free agency. So they yeah, were sure. wise to, to get Kevin Shattenkirk off their team when they had the chance – um, we'll, we'll talk about the two players quickly they got yeah. in this trade. Uh, the first is Wardak Sanford. He was a second-round selection by Washington in 2013. Last year, he got 35 points in 41 games with Boston College. Um, this year with the Capitals, he's playing 26 games. He picked up two goals and three points. Uh, Brad Malone, he was a fourth-round draft choice of the Avs back in 07. Uh, he had nine goals and 21 points over the last two seasons, 122 games, both with Carolina. Over those two seasons, he's got two hundred and eighty six hits under his belt. So, I am not sure if he's going to have a role in this team. But if he does, it's probably going to be on the checking line. And you know, you can never have too much physical play on a team. Let's let's face it. You know, yeah. if you are going up True. against a highly skilled team, you need someone stirring the pot. And and Brad Malone, over the past two years, has been able to do that with his hitting ability.
1: Yeah. Having said this, uh, they did get a haul for this, but having said that, I feel like they could have done more. Or they could have gotten more for Shannon Kirk. And, like, compared to what Hansel got, um, which we'll talk about in a bit, too, it feels kind of weird, because Shannon Kirk is a much better player than Martin Hansel is, but Martin Hansel somehow got more. Um, So, I don't know. It's, It's an interesting one. I thought they would get, like, a better... Like, I guess Zach Sanford is a player who plays currently, but it's not, you know, I thought they would get, like, a better player, um, who plays currently, but, uh... I guess they're hoping that better player is the first-round pick that they get, and maybe the conditional second if it holds up. But, yeah, that's true, although, if you're, I mean, Washington Capitals will probably be in the later rounds of the first, yeah. you know, so it's not like you're getting a lottery pick here, but, yeah, I guess that's true, um... Yeah, so maybe it's like it's like the start of a rebuild for them, although they do have Tarasenko, Peter Angelo, um, and all those guys. I wouldn't, so. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far to say that they're in a rebuild mode. But at Shattenkirk, the fact is he wasn't in their plans. Well, and, and I, yeah. they're, they're wise. they wise to get rid of him and, and get the something only. For him, at least. The only reason why I say rebuild mode is because well, one they got rid of one of their core pieces here, and two. They have, you know, it's you know they got a they got two draft picks back, and they didn't really get a player of note back. So that's why I'm saying there there might be more t- leaning towards a rebuild mode. Although, having said that, they have they still have Vladimir Tarasenko and Alex Pidorangelo on your team, so it's not like they're that bad. You have also Robbie Fabry, who's been injured for who's out for the season. Um, mm-hmm you know, Jaden Schwartz as well, who's good. So, um, it's, I think they're like, they're like the Bruins in the sense that they don't know what they're doing. Uh, they're either rebuilding or they're going for it at the same time. Kind of thing. Um, I don't know if it's more, they don't know what they're doing, but I don't know
0: what they are though. You're, you're, you're right. There's it's <laughs> the, the character as, as to what their makeup is. You're right. But I think if, if you see him start to get rid of guys like Alex Steen or, yeah. Um, Jay Bulmister. Then, then maybe uh, you could slowly point in the rebuild direction. But again, like it's th- three important veterans that are off this team, but that, that doesn't mean they're 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 going to rebuild yet. I still think they have a fairly competitive team, but um, like I said, it's going to be awfully tough to make the playoffs without Kevin.
1: Yeah. Well, that was my whole point. Really, is you don't. Like, you don't trade this guy if you're not seriously competing this year. Um, I mean, they do have Colton Perico who's probably going to take the mantle now from Shannon Kirk, although I guess Pietrangelo will as well. Pietrangelo, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but you Petrangelo, guys know him. Yeah. Pietrangelo, yeah. Um, you also have, um, yeah, I forgot about Steen and Stasny, but, um, and, uh, Ivan Barashev, who's been playing now, so, um, I guess they do have a couple of young guys, but it's still, I don't know, I feel like they're not, they should either go in full rebuild mode now, but we'll see. Um, the other trade, so this is, uh, this was funny, so we, a couple hours after we, uh, stopped recording our podcast, this news hit, uh, Ben Bishop and a 2017 5th round pick to the Kings. Um, and Tampa receives Peter Budai, Eric Cernak, a 2017 7th round pick, and a 2017 conditional pick. Again, I don't know the condition, I just know it's a conditional. Um, but, yeah, so this is this was kind of surprising considering that Quick just returned, as we just talked about. Peter Budai... Uh, was pretty serviceable. He was the main reason why the Kings were even in contention to begin with. Um, and yet they trade him like the next day. So, um, what's going on, Steve?
0: Well, f- first off, this trade doesn't happen like you said. If they're not competitive, Peter Budai doesn't hold the fort, and Jonathan Quick is not healthy. This trade does not happen. And I'm not surprised Ben Bishop got traded. I am surprised where he got traded to because yeah. now the Kings all of a sudden have the best one two punch in the league. And this is a sign they're going for it. They're going for it because, realistically, what are the odds they keep Ben Bishop um, if you look at his salary? I mean, he was a finalist for in, 20, in 2013 and 2015. He was a finalist for the Vezina Trophy. He took Tampa to the 2015 Stanley Cup Finals. He's won 30 or more games in each of the last three years. And he's getting paid like a number one goalie. He's almost making six million bucks this year. Quick is going to be getting an average of seven million dollars over the next several years. So the odds of re-signing him at that money, or even less than that, to be a backup to Jonathan Quick, I just don't think it's realistic. This is a short term. We're going for it. Let's get it done. Let's go out there and try and win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. They are they're making a. They think they have a legitimate shot of winning it all this year. Um, and Ben Bishop's not going to be the number one goal he's not going to usurp Jonathan Quick he's still their go-to guy he's won a Smythe. he's won two Stanley Cups won 30 or more games in five of his first eight NHL years which is impressive and he's always up there of course when healthy for the Bezina Trophy he's always up there every year he plays um so um I'm, I'm a bit shocked that Dean Lombardi made this trade but um it, it, it also takes uh, some major guts to pull this off, uh, and they didn't. And they didn't really give up a whole lot uh, to to get a guy like Ben Bishop. Uh, we'll we'll talk about the return for Tampa yeah. in a bit. But this, honestly, the business side of hockey really sucks, and f- I just really feel bad for Peter Budai. because because like I said, I, he, if there's anyone who deserved to be in the playoffs this year, it's Peter Budai. True. I mean. He has eleven more wins than yeah. ben Bishop. His goals against average is below two point two five. He's right up there amongst the NHL's best in shots this year. He's got seven of them. Uh, seven of them this year, I believe. His previous career high was yep. three. Um, he, he deserved to be a part of this playoff run, and now he's not.
1: But to be fair, he has more of a chance to be the starter in Tampa Bay than he does to be a starter in LA. So. Yeah. I think in that sense it might have been just a service to Budai saying like, hey, you deserve more of a starting role, let's send you out to Tampa um, yeah. and give you a, more of a chance because we like our guy quick, so it's yeah. kind of that thing. At the same time, you get this guy, Ben Bishop, who's been nominated for the Vezna I think this is twice maybe, right? Yeah, I said in my explanation, 2013-2015, um, yeah. uh, he was a finalist. Both, yeah. yeah. Um, I wasn't sure if it's twice or once. I know you didn't mention that. But, um, yeah, so you do have a guy like Bishop. And in this day and age, backups are very important. And you, we saw this, like, the Bruins are a perfect example of that. They're, you know, they were struggling. Like, Tuca Rask was the only... Um, for a while there Tucaras was the only uh, goaltender who was uh winning games and um and you can't have Tucaras play every game and so it makes sense to load up on a backup for that sense um and I feel like we're going to see this more often where uh teams are going to get a backup goalie that they n- aren't necessarily backups um on if it team. makes sense and it's within reason. Yeah, if it's in within reason, exactly. Um, having said that, I know this is a small sample size here, but uh, Ben Bishop has only started two games for the Kings. He's lost one, and he uh, lost in and then he lost in overtime in the other one. Um, he's given up six goals in two games, and which puts him at a GAA of three. His save percentage is eight eight two. I know it's a small sample size, um, but I, it's kind of interesting that he is not doing so hot right now, um, just this week. But um, having said that, I think like it makes sense to have this one two punch for our Kings. We haven't seen this um, in ever forever now, so um, I think we're gonna. This is gonna be like a trend coming up. Like uh, if you take the Penguins, for instance, uh, last year, uh, they wouldn't be anywhere without Matt Murray. They wouldn't have won the cup without their backup goaltender. So that's why it's like important in the, the, something you have to think about um, nowadays with your um, like what happens if your be- if your goaltender gets injured. Um, you have to be uh, ready to you know, for your backup to uh, take the lead, so, um, I mean, in in a sense, I agree with you, I think Peter Budai does deserve, like, he should still be the backup, so they don't necessarily need to do this, but having said that, Bishop is a good backup too, so it's not like it's, um it's that surprising in the sense that, you know, He's, he's good too. Why wouldn't he... This is an upgrade from Peter Budai, so...
0: Exactly, yeah. and, and that's why the business of hockey sucks, and this yeah. was a business move. It was it was a decision, like, honestly, if I was the GM and I had the option of getting Ben Bishop, unfortunately, Peter Budai is going to be on the losing end yeah. every time. I mean, why not take a chance on a guy like mm. Ben Bishop, you know, if you want to make a, a, a deep playoff run? And and this is a, this is a win for Yisman as well yeah. uh, in the long term, because you look at Peter Budai... And the amount of money he's getting paid, not even close to the amount of money that Ben Bishop is getting, play, uh, getting paid uh, to play hockey yep. this year. And he's putting up better numbers than Ben Bishop. His career is back on track. Um, in he, his second
1: year with Colorado, year he won thirty-one.
0: Game. Yeah, it, and and he's in his second year with Colorado. He won thirty-one games. He's got twenty-seven wins this year. Um, so uh, he's a solid uh, plan B if Vasilevsky yeah. starts to struggle. And you look at the prospect they acquired in Eric Cernak. He plays for the Erie Otters, who are loaded offensively. Uh, over his first 83 OHL games, he's got seven goals and 33 points. Six foot three, only 19. And um, just taking a look at elite prospects.com, what they had to say about this kid. He's got excellent reach and strength, great defensively and in front of his own net. Skating could use some improvement, but. For a guy who plays on the physical side of things, he doesn't take too many penalties, which is huge. And he's also got great hockey sense, uh, and he's also a possible option on the power play. And when you got a guy like Victor Hedman running things in Tampa, as far as special teams go, someone like Eric Zernick could really help them out. So, uh, he, again, he might not have the offensive stats, but he's got other qualities to All his right. game, and I think um, he could be a very big part of the Lightning for
1: years to come. Yeah, uh, p- reportedly... Steve Yzerman was saying that this was the only, uh, offer for Ben Bishop, um, in the NHL that he got. So, um, that was kind of interesting, especially since it's the Kings of all teams. You would think, like, maybe Dallas or Calgary would want in on this, but, um, nope. And, and no one, um, I guess no one wanted, uh, was interested in, uh, Flurry either, so Goalies weren't a big, uh, hit, uh, this year, and, um, which is kind of a surprise, especially with the expansion draft coming. So we'll see. see the, they're pending UFAs, and all you have to do
0: is just wait for free agency until it's a bidding war. True. That makes more sense than just trading for somebody who you know you may not even re Yeah. So why why make a trade for a goalie when you can just or when you can just resign him and have a better chance of uh, getting a deal with them done uh, in the. In a couple of months. And, yeah, so I, I guess having said that, but the that's Kings That's probably why Brian did. Miller didn't get traded. That's probably why Flurry didn't get traded. Yeah, but
1: Bishop got traded. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Somehow, yes.
1: Um, and also, I just found out that I was just looking at the Tampa Bay cap-friendly page. Peter yep. Budai is also going to be a UFA this year, uh, next year, next this summer. So but he won't, he, he won't demand as much money as Ben Bishop sure. will, and that's that's the big thing. And he's also turning 35 uh, soon, so um, he's not necessarily... um, He's not a spring chicken, no. Exactly. Um, All right, let's go to the poll of the week. Uh, We didn't have as much high results this week as we did last week, but that's okay. Um, We had 13 votes here. uh, So we asked, what was the biggest move on trade deadline? 77% said Shannon Kirk. To Washington, 15% said Bishop. Um, no one said Hansel to Minnesota, even though it was quite a haul for that. Which we'll talk about. Well, we'll, we'll talk about all of these. And again, uh, to L.A., got 8%. Um, yeah, I guess it's not surprising that if Shannon Kirk was the biggest move on trade deadline. We started this show with that, so um, it wasn't that surprising. I guess it was more surprising with what Hansel got. I was uh, I thought that might have gotten a little bit more votes, but no. I guess not. Um, all right, let's. Uh, we have no. We're not doing in or out here. We're just going straight into trades and stuff like that. So um, it should be fun. Um, we'll, resume,
0: we'll resume in
1: and out next week. Yeah, we'll resume it next week exactly. Yeah. Uh, Jerome McGinley to the Kings. Uh, Colorado receives a conditional fourth-round pick. Um, this, was, this was of note. Well, this was teased throughout the year. We knew that Ginla was going to probably go somewhere. We just didn't know where um, and what Colorado got for him. It's kind of interesting that like, Colorado just got a conditional fourth for the future Hall of Famer. Um, I'm not sure exactly if Ginla fits their system per se, but, um, because it's, he's definitely not who he was a couple of years ago, um, but, um, yeah, he's playing on the line with, uh, Anze Kopitar, I don't know, it, it might work out for them, we'll see, um, and I think, uh, Ginla's also a free agent this year, so this would be a rental for them, but, um, this may... This kind of reminds me of the Vinny LeCavier trade last year. Um, I think there was also, like, the Mike Richards trade a couple of years ago, too. So, um, you know, it, the Kings love to do this. They love getting guys who are on, their, on the verge of retiring um, and uh, just tagging them along, kind of. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so this uh, Ginla, he's 39 years old, he's going to be UFA, so this might be his last year, um, we'll see. Um, yeah, just just taking a look at his
0: stats, 9 points shy of 1,300 for his career, um, the conditions yeah. behind the 4th, they're playoff related, um, if his playoff, if he doesn't meet his playoff um, expectations, or if he doesn't resign with the Kings, that pick disappears, yeah. Um, and when asked about his future, Iggy said it was a fifty-fifty chance he continues to play hockey on J- on July first. Rather, he's going to turn forty. Uh, over six hundred goals, two Olympic gold. He's won the Art Ross in two thousand two. He won the Art Ross, but he's never won a cup. And this year with the Avs, he only has eight goals in ten So you're right; he's he's um, not exactly the the offensively dominant Jerome Ginla that we were used to seeing for years and years and years, but. Do you remember who coached the 2004 Calgary Flames when Again was on that team?
1: Um, Sutter? I don't know. Yeah, yep. Okay.
0: And guess who coaches the LA Kings right now? Daryl. So I, I think Sutter is going to be fine to use for him. Um, I, I think it's going to be a good fit for Jerome. And I, as I alluded to on the podcast, just a great veteran presence that was going to help the team out. I cool. totally called it. Um, Jerome, again, I think he's going to be a nice fit. But beyond this year, I don't see if he has a role in the Kings this year. I think this could be his last shot of winning it
1: all. Yeah, I'm inter- I'm, I'm curious why he's on the top line. I guess I get it. He's with Kopitar and Gabarik now, currently, um, who are the top line for the Kings. But um, I feel like, as we just mentioned, I'm not sure why he since he's not as good as he used to be I'm not sure he he deserves to be more of like a third line or fourth line guy but um I guess if this is your acquisition um you get this guy um I don't know on the top yeah, line. Yeah,
0: the ads have also agreed to pay 50% of his remaining salary. I should also yeah. mention that because uh, they're paying him upwards of $5 million a year this year. Uh, also, did you notice the number that he was wearing? 88. And that he's going to wear for the rest of the season, 88. You want to know why he's wearing number 88? It's not because of Eric Lindros. Yeah, no, um,
1: I, I I actually heard this reason. It's One, Walker. it's because it's uh, one less than Gretzky. He wanted to honor that, and he can't wear 99 cause for obvious reasons. Um, and it's also, if you subtract 12, which was his old number, from 100, he get 88. So that's ah, why you do that. I, I heard that it was because he was,
0: uh, growing up in Edmonton, he was a big Gretzky fan. He got traded in the summer of 1988,
1: hence the uh, number. But that also makes sense. That also makes sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess I, it could be I all three of those reasons. It's true. I like the better. Alright. Um, I, I was reading, I was just reading an article, and I think that's what, he said that it was like, it's because of Gretzky, and it's because yeah. if you subtract 12 from 100, you get 88. It's like, yeah. okay. Gretzky was
0: involved in some fashion. So
1: yeah, somehow. Um, uh, I think that's it on um, again the uh, I guess it makes sense that Colorado got a fourth round from him. I don't think you could have gone a, a ton for him no, considering especially that especially at his salary. Yeah, cons- also considering that he's not what he used to be, but mm-hmm. um it is kind of interesting that he's like this is a future Hall of Famer and you get like a conditional fourth round pick for him. Um uh okay. Next one, speaking, uh, I guess this is the opposite in terms of a big trade here, uh, not a future Hall of Famer. Uh, Martin Hansel and Ryan White and a 2017 fourth-round pick go to the Minnesota Wild. Arizona receives a 2017 first, a 2018 second, a 2019 conditional fourth-round pick, and Grayson Downing. Um, this was more than Washington got, or, uh, St. Louis got, um, for Shetland Kirk. But, uh, Martin Hansel and Ryan White actually have helped the Wild so far, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, White got a couple of goals, um, and I think, uh, I don't know, did Hansel score two? Hansel got
0: two assists in his second game, that much okay. I do know.
1: And, um... I was going to quickly look what Ryan White did, but he, uh, I think yeah, he had two,
0: two goals and three points in his first three games with his new okay. team. Um, Hansel, he's a pin UFA, 16 goals and 26 points with Arizona yeah. this year. Uh, just a big, strong center It's tough to play against, according to uh, Minnesota GM Chuck Fletcher. Uh, he's going to make you earn your pay every time you go up against him. That It's always good to have a guy like that against him, especially if you go up against an L.A. or a Chicago in the playoffs, which they probably will have to do. Um, Minnesota could use a guy like uh, Martin Hansel there, and I think he's a guy worth keeping around as well. Um, Ryan White, a pleasant surprise in his first couple of games. Uh, I don't really see that much upside, but again, a good checking line guy, um, a guy that can that can still be pretty useful in this league. Um, yeah, Ryan White. Uh,
1: sorry, you uh, no, I continue. It's okay. Um, I was just saying Martin Hansel has two uh, two points in three games. For Minnesota, and Ryan White, as you just mentioned, has uh, two has uh, three points in three games, two goals and one games. assist. There, sorry, um, go on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, taking a look at Arizona, I mean, they're stocking the future cupper like crazy. I mean, yeah. The first in
0: 2017, a second in 2018, the conditional in 2019. That could go as high as a second. If uh, I think the condition is if, if Minnesota reaches the Western Conference Final, it could go as high as the second. Um, and this is a team that has um, Christian Dvorak, Max Domi. Uh, once he clears things up, Anthony Duclair could be a part of their future again. Brendan Perlini, uh, Anthony D'Angelo, Jacob Chickren, Connor Murphy, Dylan, St- Dylan Strom, who got a little bit of experience this year before being sent back down to the OHL. He's a big part of that. Um, and this move is only going to add to that. And who says they're going dra- Goals- to they're going to use those picks to draft players? They could True. easily trade these picks for a piece that can actually help them, like say a veteran defenseman on the back end. And it's no disrespect to Alex Boligovsky, but they need just they need a lot more than just him and the Swedish law firm holding down the fort defensively. Yeah, I was about um, to say
1: you 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 didn't mention OEL in that, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But they, they need more than those two guys yeah. is
0: what I'm saying. No, I know. And, and a goalie of the future, I think they could also use. So I think this pick, one of these picks could go a long way in, in helping them get that a goalie of the future. Like Michael DiPietro, who's uh, draft eligible this year. He plays for the Windsor Spitfires. mentioned him in the podcast before. Really like what this kid brings, and I think he'd be a good fit for them. Um, and they also made a secondary trade um, – if you want, I can just quickly mention this. They got Timo sure. him from the wild a day later in exchange yeah. for future considerations. And while it's his third team in less than
1: a year, he's not a bad player. And, and Matthews, he actually scored a goal in his first game, right?
0: Yeah, he's, yeah. he's got a lot of upside. Yep. Um, and it, like you look at Detroit, they have a ton of young talent. Minnesota didn't really have much space for him. I think he's going to have a really big impact on this team. Yeah, I mean, right. you look at... What he did in the World Juniors, two World Junior attorneys, nine goals and 19 points in 13 games. Two
1: AHL seasons, he got over 30 goals. Yeah, he, he led the league in points good. in the AHL. Yeah, or take 60 points in both of his years in the AHL.
0: And uh, in 16 AHL playoff games in 2014-2015, he scored 14 goals. So yeah. he can make he can make a big impact
1: on this team. I really do think that. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see that. I'm curious though why the Wild did this trade though. Um, I mean, I get it that they're going all in, but at the same time, this is Martin Hansel we're talking about. Um, it's not like he's like Kevin Shanagark or, you know, someone who's, um, proven that he's good enough, I guess, I don't know, I feel like, uh, I don't think this was enough, I feel like it was too much for Martin Hansel, um, and Ryan White, but, um, we'll see, it, I mean, it, it has worked out for them so far, at least, but, um, I don't know, I, I don't understand why you would give up, like, a first round and a second round pick for <clears> them, <throat> but, um, we'll see, um,
0: yeah. And- John Chayka, John Chaka doesn't care honestly he's he's out there to do his job no i know but the one one downside for arizona though is that it might have signaled the end of shane doan's career in arizona like i was just watching his interview his tv after the insult trade he was he was just dumbfounded he he didn't know what to say i know Um, i think they lose him for nothing and i think they made a big mistake in not trading
1: him because he's not coming back yeah it, it didn't seem that way but I'm not talking about from Arizona's perspective. I'm just talking from Minnesota's perspective. I don't know why you do it. Um, yeah. I don't know why. I don't think he's worth a first round or a second round pick. Maybe like a, I guess maybe just a first round pick. But I don't know if you would give up a second round pick for him either. But I don't know. It's it was it was kind of crazy that this that that the uh, Coyotes got more for Hansel than, Shattenkirk, or than that St. Louis got for Shaddenkirk. So I feel like that was absurd um, in my mind. But um, I, I guess you're right, though. Han- uh, is not complaining. Um, yeah, and, and, and let's face it. Like, this is silly trade season. Like, right. there are a
0: lot of trades that happen. That yeah,
1: I, I know. I know, but, like, that doesn't mean that I can't complain about how unfair this trade yeah, is. <laughs>
0: no, you have reason to. But I, I think it also shows that the Wilds think they have a legit shot at competing. And, and
1: if they think Hansel can get them the Stanley Cup, then yeah. go get them. Yeah, I mean, and it's also because like, they have enough forwards already. Granlin's having a career year. Coyle's having a career year. Um, all these guys are having careers. You know, you have Parisi, who's not bad, but I guess you can't, it doesn't hurt to add more depth to that, but I don't know. I feel like it, it was a little too much for them, but whatever. Um, I'm not their, I'm not a fan of their team, so <laughs> I don't They also care. got Eric Stahl, too. Don't forget about Eric Stahl. That's true. Eric Stahl is also having a career, or a bounce back year, I should say. But yeah, bounce back year. Um, all right, let's uh, talk about an interesting move that I don't think has... Happened for a while. So, Mark Strait goes to the Lightning. Um, from, And then the Flyers receive Alteri Filippula. A 2017 4th round pick. And a 2017 conditional 7th round pick. So, you would think this would be done. It's just too... Uh, you know, Filippula has a lot on his contract. Uh, t- you know, uh, they can say uh, The Tampa Bay Lightning can save up... Uh, have a he has a no movement contract so Tampa Bay can do something with that for their expansion draft strike also pays a lot for um, for the flyers so they're just you know getting rid of an expendable contract on that end and then a couple hours later strike go the lightning trade uh, mark strike to the Penguins, and the lightning receive a 2018 fourth round pick which means um, that the Penguins and the Flyers basically traded Mark Strait to each other um, yeah. and without really knowing each other. It was, it's kind of funny, like, uh, I guess, I don't know what Steve Geiserman told Ron Hextall, um, but, or, like, if Rutherford saying, like, hey, can we get Mark Strait as soon as he found out that Mark Strait was traded, but... Um, this is funny though, uh, to me in terms of like, hey, we're we're just we we're too we're, our biggest rival. We need to get that guy who just got traded. Um, mm-hmm. Let's let's make a deal to get Mark Strait, because it's not like the Lightning need him. But um, I don't know, it's funny. Um, yeah, yeah, what's your take? T- Lightning didn't need Mark Strait. They needed cap
0: space, and they needed to get rid of that no-movement contract by Phil Pella because, yep. like, Stamkos is not tradable. Uh, Callahan's contract is untradable. Even yep. if you want to trade him, you can't really. He's got a modified no-movement clause.
1: Yeah, no one really wants money to money, that. And
0: he's hurt. So, uh, to move a guy like Phil Pella and to avoid the controversy of deciding who should I keep, Pella, Druin, or uh, Johnson to protect... Mm. You don't have that problem now, and of course, you know, you traded Ben Bishop, and you're able to protect Vasilevsky now. On top of that, the only contract they took on was Peter Budai, and he's getting paid like not even $3 million. I don't know.
1: And what he's going to be a UFA next him. year, too. So. Yeah, exactly.
0: So they, they save up a bunch of cap space, and you look at all of the UFAs that, uh, UFAs slash RFAs that uh, Tampa Bay has, just taking a look here. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, uh, Tyler Johnson, you have, uh, Tyler Johnson, RFA, Jonathan Druin, RFA, Andre Palat, also an RFA. All three of those guys are RFAs. So you have made yourself a, a considerable amount of money to pay all three if you wanted to. And they signed Kucherov to... Uh, Kucherov's got two more years left on uh, the deal that he signed uh, just before the season began. So... Um, the fact that Steve Eisman was able to do this in, in less than a week is, is huge for the Tampa Bay yep. Lightning moving forward. Because uh, they're set on defense. They don't need a guy like Mark Strait, um, as much veteran presence that he brings. Um, and, and they also get um, a, a fourth-round pick, which, which isn't too bad. But again, they have a lot of prospects. Yep. They, they they don't mind a fourth round pick. They're I not guess, expecting that fourth yeah. round pick to be an immediate producer for them. So the only thing
1: I'll say about this is that I guess it just shows that the Lightning are kind of giving up on this season. They got rid yes. of Bishop. They got rid of Filipula uh, to add more cap space. You know, they got rid of Mark Streit right after. So it's um, there. I guess it's just they. You know, this Steven Stamkos injury is too much for them, so they're kind of giving up on the season. I think that's what this trade tells them in terms of what the Lightning did um, for the deadline, which makes sense. They have, um, they're like one of two teams that has to worry about the expansion draft, uh, the other being the A9 Ducks with their defensive stuff, but um, yeah, so it makes sense that they, uh, they go for more trying to save up money instead of going out and getting a guy for a playoff push. So, it makes sense for that. I think this is just their off year. They're going to be good again next year, I would imagine, um, once Stamkos is healthy. It's just, um, at the moment, it's kind of tough to do anything. I will say, though, that Mark Streit has helped the Penguins so far. Against his former team, the Tampa Bay Lightning, Mark Streit got a goal and an assist um, so he got two points in his first he game. got the game-winner, too. Yeah, he got is the game-winner. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, so, I don't know, And it, it, you know, the, the Penguins are in a desperate need for defensemen, as we talked about early on in the show, so, uh, this guy could help them out. We'll see. Um, he is 39 years old, so it's not like they're, um, I believe he's a free agent next year, or so, or in the summer, but... Mm-hmm. Um, they, they they also got
0: Frankie Corrado, and yeah. they got rid of Eric Fair as well as Stephen Alexi and and so basically those two guys I don't really know if they have much of a future with the Leafs so they right. pretty much just traded they acquired Corrado for four yeah. round picks so that that's that's a pretty good trade I, I think Corrado could amount to something I think he could yeah
1: be reportedly the, the Corrado just never got ice time. Or that's no, what yeah, I hear he from all get these a, Leafs he didn't fans. Get the, or, a good enough chance, in, he didn't get a fair shot. In Toronto, yeah. absolutely. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he will in Pittsburgh. Although currently he's in the minors, so um, yeah. they haven't uh, him Just,
0: just want to allude uh, to something from the Flyers' perspective because uh, yeah. Dan Rosen, I believe, on NHL.com, he had some interesting stuff to say. Uh, Philly's defense is now led by Delzato, Ghostbear, and Profferup. That's that's a pretty young decor. And even though they probably weren't going to well, re-sign Delzotto's
1: Mark Strait anyways... Exactly young, but... Yeah, but, you know, these
0: Delzato... Kavarov <laughs> and
1: Ghost Bear are, yeah, but not really yeah, Delzado. But Delzato is, you know,
0: basically the veteran defenseman now. Right. Uh, True. And even though at 39, they probably weren't going to re-sign Mark Strait anyways, and it was probably a good time to move him, that's still a pretty yep. young D-court. Today in he was talking about how Philpola would help Billy as far as offense goes. He could be a second-line center... Uh, you leave Sean Couturier to center of the third line. The Flyers could move Braden Shen to the wing and have him play alongside Giroux and Simmons. And, and that could be helpful for a guy who is a minus 20 through his first 60 games. And while he does have 42 points, he's been hot and cold for them this year. Over the last six games, he's got seven points, at least one in each of those six games. Before that, he had zero points in five games. So um, um, putting Phil Paulette center could probably help Brayden Shen. Another option, they could just put Phil on the wing, but, again, it would make more sense if they put him at center. And he's also a true professional. So the young flyers like Shen, Travis Konechny, they could learn a lot from a guy like Phil mm. Um and, and he's only got one year left on his deal, pays $5 million, like I said, a modified no-movement clause, so they're, they're not sad with him for years and years and years. Um, they did make two extensions that were kind of interesting, though, um, Pierre-Edouard Bellemeyer gets a new deal, $2.9 yep. million over the next two years. He's gone pointless since January 14th at last check. Uh, he's also been named an assistant captain. Um, and he's only played in with the Flyers and in the NHL period for yep. the last three seasons. Never had a 10-point season in this league. Um, I was taking a look at Broad Street Hockey, and, and they basically said – Appear, uh, this this deal basically means he's going to be a flyer for life and this is our fate. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they, they made a good post-apocalyptic scenario, which which is a good read. But bottom line, they didn't really seem to be a fan of this signing. Uh, the other signing was Michael Neuberth getting a two-year deal. Uh, he's lost four of his last five starts. GAA just under three this year. 10-9-1 in and and 24 appearances. Uh, not necessarily a number one goalie, Kind of um, not not necessarily playing like a number one goalie with those numbers, but uh, to get a raise from one point six two five million a year to two point five million a year, that kind of tells me that the writing is on the wall for Steve Mason. And if that wasn't enough, according to Sportsnet's John Shannon, Philly could protect Anthony Stolarz for the expansion draft.
1: I could see that happening. Yeah.
0: So uh, Steve Mason, um, as Mike Commodore, as uh, said throughout the deadline might want to pack his bags because yeah. is
1: number um mark strait is also being uh his salary is being retained by two teams so the uh the flyers and the lightning so mark strait's being paid by the flyers to play for the penguins um it's interesting although it's only 200 thousand dollars basically so um, yeah. but it's still, <laughs> it's kind of funny for that. You know, it's, it's just, it's funny to me in the, in a day where the, uh, the Red Wings and the Blackhawks play, uh, traded each other, a player with each other and the, uh, you know, the Habs, uh, got the Bruins coach, uh, week after he was fired, you know the uh, the Penguins were too afraid to uh, deal trade with the Flyers heads on, and they had to get a third team involved. So the rivalry is still good and alive in uh, Pennsylvania. Um, also, speaking of Pittsburgh, you did talk about the Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia's contracts and what they did. Yeah, um, Connor Sheary is returning. Uh, reportedly tonight, so we'll see what he does. Uh, but they kind of need him for the playoff sp- stretch there. Um, so, yeah, kind of sure he's returning. Uh, let's go do the uh, next trade here. Brian Boyle to the Leafs. Tampa receives Brian frozy or I don't know how you pronounce his name. Frozy I don't Frazee, know uh, And a name. 2017 second-round pick. Uh, this is interesting, this is more like a, you know, the Leafs are now trying to get veteran pres- presences here, uh, f- um, so, Brian Boyle is that guy, he's a, um, I would imagine he'll be like a fourth line guy, and he'll, you know, he'll mentor all the young guys out in Toronto, so, uh, this is a good pickup for the, for the Leafs, I like it, um, should be interesting. They, also, they also have Matt Martin
0: in their lineup, too. Yep. He's top three uh, in hits this year.
1: Uh, Boyle provides 100 games of NHL well, playoff Boyle's experience. better than Matt Martin, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. and he provides, like I said, 100 games of
0: NHL playoff experience, which is probably yep. more than a lot of the guys that have played in their careers yep. on the Maple Leafs roster right now. Also been to the Stanley Cup Finals twice, so he's gotten somewhere that uh, Toronto hasn't really been since 1967. So. Yeah. Uh, well, they I think were, the Leafs are that much tougher to play against with the acquisition yeah. of Brian Boyle. I, it, and it puts less strain on Leo Komarov and Matt Martin as far as, from a physical standpoint. Uh, it should be noted that he's 32 years
1: of age, so close to his prime. Yep. Um, Detroit is finally sellers. Uh, Thomas Vanek to the Panthers. Uh, Detroit receives Dylan McElrath in a 2017 third-round pick. Also, Steve Ott goes to the Habs, and Detroit receives a 2018 sixth-round pick. So it's not like a crazy amount of um, return for those guys, but um, they, you know, they It's kind of proof that they're giving up on the season, and I guess that streak is over. So, um, but yeah, I don't know um, necessarily if it. It was interesting that. Ott goes to the Habs here, um, mostly because if you know Claude Julien, he loves those scrappy guys, um, he, uh, Steve Ott is always a pain in the ass, I'm sorry, pain, um, for Bruins fans too, so, um, but, uh. I think, I think they're trying to make like a mini Merlot, like a Merlot line 2.0 with this move of Steve Ott. Um, I think Martinson's also on there. Um, but yeah, the Habs have Steve Ott, Andrew Shaw, and um, Brandon Gallagher all on their team. Um, and so uh, that's someone you don't really want to mess around with. Yeah, uh, just, taking, uh, just uh, also an FYI, Brendan Smith traded to the Rangers for
0: yep. a third rounder in this year's draft, second rounder in 2018. Uh, Girardi's going to be out 10 to 14 days with an ankle issue, so Smith can just uh, plug himself right into that uh, Rangers lineup mm. and make a difference. He's a pending UFA, so the Red Wings traded him as well. Getting back to Montreal for a second, you mentioned uh, Andreas Martinson, who was required for uh, Sven and um, oh, yeah. Martinson. Martinson he has – he's almost 24 years old. Uh, or Sorry, that's Andrew Geto I'm talking about. Uh, Martinson <laughs> doesn't have as much offensive upside as Ben does, but he does have 148 hits to his credit this year. So you're right, he, he can lower the boom there. Um, taking a look at um, the, the Steve Ott move, with, with everything that Ottawa, Toronto, and Florida managed to do, like Ottawa, we're going to talk about what they did obviously, yep. but they, they, they improved their team a bit. Toronto got Brian Boyle, uh, so him and Matt Martin, they're going to make lives tougher. Thomas Vanek, 38 points, 15 goals, 48 games with the Red Wings this year, close to last year's numbers with Minnesota. Yep. Um, so Florida adds some more offensive depth. It's interesting the road that Montreal decided to go down because um, Steve Ott bringing him into the mix, it doesn't really make a difference offensively, yeah, uh, but it makes a difference in the sense that like, you look at the Leafs, Brian Boyle likes to get under your skin. So does Steve Ott, who tries yeah. to get under the skin of your best players. Guys like Steve Ott. Right. Um, so he's paid to get the other guys off their game, maybe buy some time for your offense and cause some penalties on the other side. Um, they also got Jordy Ben, who isn't known for his offense, but plays pretty good defense. I think he does the okay. little things relatively well. and. About a month ago, they they get Nikita Nesterov, and yeah. then they get Dwight King from the LA Kings, who's no more for his
1: grit, a guy who, again, does the little things right. Yeah, these um, are all moves... By the way, these are all moves, uh, like, these are all, like, Claude Julian moves, basically. Yeah. All these guys are basically fit Claude Julian style of play, so... I'm not yeah. surprised by that yeah. aspect of it, but... Um, it is kind of interesting though that they're going more for the grittier side of things, when they used to just go for speed and that's what actually beat a Claude Julien team. So, um, yeah, I don't know. And and that's
0: and I guess the the plan is to go with some grit because. Like, if the
1: other team's offense gets off their game, they can't score. Right. And that buys more time for your offense. So if you're if you're not but willing you're to also mortgage like,
0: your future, which Bergman wasn't yeah. willing to do, if you're not willing to mortgage your future for an offensive threat like a Matt Duchene or a Gabriel Landeskog, who wasn't really available at a good price at the deadline, yeah. then, then you go out and do stuff like this. And these acquisitions, these four moves of Nestrov, Ben Ott, and King, all it cost them was a fourth and a sixth this year a conditional fourth in 2018 that could turn into a third if Dwight King resigns with Montreal, a sixth in 2018, Greg Pattern, and Jonathan receipt That's all it costs them to make these and, four moves.
1: And Sven and Drew Ghetto. Um yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm not surprised by the Habs moves, I guess, just knowing that this is like these are Claude-Julian-type players. Um, I, I don't know if it necessarily will work out for them per se. Yeah, that's the
0: question.
1: Yeah, especially when you just said it's like when you're down and out, like these guys aren't going to be necessarily going to have to, you know, they're going to have to try to score for you guys, and they're not necessarily there for that, but um, they are you know, the type of guys who get under your skin, and that's what Claude Julien loves. So, um, in that sense, it's like these are guys for him, but I don't know necessarily if it's going to work out for them. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we kind of, uh, buried the lead here with, uh, Thomas Vanek, he's going to the Panthers, um, yeah. it's another, they get another forward, another forward depth here, um, he didn't really have a great, I forgot he was on the Detroit, on Detroit, so I thought he was on Minnesota at first, um, and I remember I tweeted out that Vanek is back in the, uh, in the Atlantic, and then I realized he, yeah. he was in Detroit, so he then I got was. rid of that t- Tweet. I don't know if you saw that, but it's kind yeah. of funny. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Vanick goes to the Panthers. But um, I don't know. It should. It would be interesting to see if he picks it up. He has. He's been struggling lately, so um, we'll see. Um, I guess they're hoping that he can be
0: a better solution than Yuri Hoodler was for them last year. But. Yeah,
1: that's true. Um, Yannick yeah, Hansen to the Sharks. Uh, this is mostly notable because Vancouver got uh, Nikolai Goldobin and a 2017 fourth-round conditional pick. Vancouver uh, Goldobin actually scored in his first game um, playing the Canucks. I think this was yesterday. So, uh, um, I don't know. This is an interesting move. Goldobin was like a, a top prospect for the Sharks, and Vancouver pulled it out. Uh, this is kind of surprising, because Jim Benning actually did something smart, um, and this was a, uh, yeah, this was a interesting move, uh, but uh, I guess this is also the start of uh, Vancouver realizing that they should rebuild, so uh, they got Goldobin in the mix, and uh, now they have that. I don't know if Yannick Hansen will help the Sharks, but again, it's another depth guy, so um, we'll see. I, I like this. I like the sign for both sides. Yep. I mean,
0: the Sharks, like you said, Yannick Hansen's not a goal scoring machine, but he's a depth player at a cheap price. He can give you about 15 goals and 30 points every year. His quick speed also makes him deadly on breakaways, So it's going to be a chore for defenders to keep up with him. You need to keep your eyes on him at all times. If he gets a step or two on you, he's gone. Uh, so I love this acquisition by San Jose. Again, the gold open pickup pick up that's smart for uh, Jim Benning uh, with Sarnia In two years, he got 30 goals in each of those two years. And in his last year with the team, he got 94 points. Right. Um, Last year in 60 AHL games, he got 21 goals and 44 points. Um, And this year he has 15 goals and 41 points in 46 games in the AHL. Um, Only played in 12 NHL games, so not that much NHL experience. But I think if you give him a chance, he's going to impress a lot of people. That conditional fourth could also turn into a first-round selection if the San Jose Sharks win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> so
1: um, that, that conditional pick uh, could be higher than a lot of people think. Hey, yeah, that would um, be kind of funny. though. I feel like that's always like a troll move. Like, didn't last week uh, uh, there was like a conditional where Anaheim had... Oh, yeah, it was the Patrick Eve's where Anaheim had to get to two rounds or something like that, and that hasn't happened in a while, so it's it was just funny. Um, but yeah, so the Sharks, yeah, and, like it feels like the Canucks are like, oh, Sharks aren't going to get a Stanley Cup. <laughs> Let's. Uh,
0: and that's the only way it becomes a first-round pick. Yeah. If it's anything less, if they make it to the finals and they lose, it's still a fourth-round pick. Yeah. The only way it becomes the first is the Sharks won it all this year.
1: Uh, Johnny Oduya to the Blackhawks. Dallas receives Mark McNeil in a 2018 fourth-round pick. This is mostly notable because Johnny Oduya goes back to Chicago. Um, yeah. uh, I don't know if they necessarily needed more defense, but they got it, um, Johnny Oduya. Um, I guess he was with, uh, back in his first stint, but, um... So, yeah, trying to do yes to the Blackhawks. Yeah, it's more of a comfort level. Speaking yeah. of
0: Jomerson, he's on the IR right now,
1: hopes to be back at some point this week. Yeah, um, I guess maybe Oduya, that's why they did it. Yeah, Oduya is also recovering from an ankle injury.
0: He played a bit, but he's got a bit of conditioning to work yep. on, so he won't be able to suit up for Chicago until March 9th. Um, that conditional fourth uh, Dallas will get in 2018. Uh, that will happen if Chicago reaches the Western Finals and Aduya plays in 50% or more of the Hawks games over the first two rounds. Uh, that conditional fourth will become a third. Um, so, a- again, it, a guy he played in 219 regular season games with the Blackhawks in his first stint, also 71 playoff games, and he won two cups. So just the familiarity with Chicago, I, I think it's, it's a, a short-term solution for Chicago, and I'm sure... It's a place that Oduya loves to play in because yeah. uh, he knows a lot of the guys there. Like I said, there is a comfort zone, and I hear that uh, uh, Quenville uh, loved Oduya and Jolmerson uh, as a pairing there. So it's 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 good to have Odunia on their side again.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's it's just more of like a depth defenseman thing, kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to be he's going to have a huge impact on the team, but um. It's a trade. Uh, P. A. Parento to the Preds. New Jersey receives a 2017 sixth round pick. This was mostly notable just so we can talk about Philip Forsberg. Um, Crazy stat: he had 10 goals in five games. And that's the first time that's happened since I think 1999, when Pavel Bure did this. Um, so he's uh, he's hot. Although I don't he think only he's, needed eighteen shots to do that, by yeah. the way. I don't think he scored uh last game, but um, yeah, so he hasn't Phil-
0: scored in the last two actually. Right, right. He's gone goalless in two games, but yeah. over those five games he got ten goals on eighteen shots. And then uh, like Parental, this is fifth different team in the last four years. Yeah. Uh, the Preds being the most recent. Um in exchange for a six round pick, that's that's all you get for a guy who's got 13 goals yeah. and 27 points. I don't know. 15. I could it's see. Like it, 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 it's, it's
1: a depth move. Yeah. But I, the question is, what would they have done if Philip Forsberg wasn't on such a hot streak? True, true. Yeah, but I don't know. I could see this working out for them. I know, like, I don't know. I could see this working out for them. I could see. I know it's a depth move as well. But um, I kind of like Pierre Parenteau. But we'll see if um, it works out for him. This is his fifth team. I didn't even know that. The last four years, yep. And uh, also, Ryan Ellis is injured. He has a lower body injury. Although it says that he's day to day, but um, it Which looks is like good because it looked bad. Yep. Also, PA Parento's is injured too. He has a finger injury. <laughs> so um, yeah, Oh, uh, they trade for an injured player. now. Nice. Yeah, basically. Well, yeah, it was it was funny. Um, there Maybe was a. Why
0: it was just a six
1: round pick? Well, the, I I I remember I tweeted out that like. I think um, the Devils had like another trade or something. Like they said, like Parento and um, this other. I'm blanking on the guy's name. Or off the bus, and then someone was mentioning like, well Parento is injured, so that might be it. <laughs> but no, he gets he gets traded. Um, there uh, we. Those were all the big trades that we have. But there's pro- there was a ton more, so if you want to look up um, all the other trades, I'm sure you know by now, but in case you don't, go to uh, t- the tsn.ca trade center, or t- tsn.ca slash trade center slash trade dash tracker, and there they have all the trades that we missed, um, and all the trades that we, we uh, talked about, so... Now, uh, just that. quickly, uh, the Blue Jackets, they didn't do
0: all that much, but I like the depth moves that they got. Yep. They got Korpakoski in a trade with Dallas, uh, a guy who can chip in 20 to 30 points a year, tough to play against.
1: Also get Kyle Quincy in a trade with New Jersey. That's a great depth. Oh, add that's that's who I was thinking of, Quincy. Yeah, Kyle <laughs> Quincy, yeah. And he, he was quietly one of the Red Wings'
0: best players over the, the past couple of years, and he played pretty well uh, in New Jersey. He's, he's a professional and all they had to give up was a defensive prospect, Dylan Hetherington, and Dalton Prout to get those two deals yeah. done. So uh, small moves, but I think they could pay dividends uh, for Columbus if they want to go far in the playoffs. They need those two guys.
1: Yeah. Um, also, Las Vegas can begin accepting trades, and um, it kind of had an impact on the trade deadline so far. We don't know exactly what trades they made, but um, yeah, they're. Ready to did make? They, is it is it known that they made a trade? I don't think they did, but I there was like reports that they could make trades. I guess.
0: Well, yeah, they're eligible to
1: make trades, like all the eyes and right have been dotted and the T like, crossed. exactly. So it's like, hey, trades, don't like we we'll give you money. we'll give you like a this round pick, like a third round pick if you don't take this guy, kind of thing. <laughs> um, well, no, that that's what happened yeah, it's last New to me, so I don't know if you can do that or not. No, no, that that's literally what happened in the uh the last expansion draft. Um I think there was um huh. I forget who it was. I think it was a goalie. I think it was Nabokov, maybe. Um huh. the Sharks yeah, the Sharks didn't want Nabokov, so they made a deal with the Blue Jackets and the Predators to not select that guy. Um huh. so they like made like I think it was like some like because all they, the only leverage they had was round picks, so they they said, like, hey, we'll give you this round pick if you don't select Novgeny no, no off and wow. that's what happened. I don't remember the last suspension draft. Well, the I don't either, left but left I left heard left. reports that's what happened, so. Okay. It may be, like, a kind of, like, behind closed doors kind of thing, yeah. but, um, but, it, but it's like, it was reported by everyone, so I don't know, maybe it, there is some truth to it, so. Um, we'll go to the bruins senator segment here. Uh, Bruins, uh, should I, well, let's see here. Um. You can
0: talk Bruins,
1: I'm fine with that. Alright, we're going to talk the trades, the trades the Bruins made. The Sens made more trades. Um, but the Bruins got, uh, Drew Stafford for a conditional six, for a conditional six-round pick. Uh, they didn't really do anything else, which is um, which is kind of what they should have done. There were rumors that uh, the Bruins were talking with Tampa Bay for Andre Palat, but that never went through. But Drew Stafford, um, yeah, I, I, I like this pick. I can see why people don't necessarily like this pick. But this is uh, kind of a move to say, to like warn Jimmy Hayes that his days are numbered in a way. Yeah. Um, and also... Um, yeah, because th- this is like a depth pick. There was a lot of those depth forward picks, and, uh, Drew Stafford's been injured for a bit of the year, um, and he's also been on bad line mates in Winnipeg, so, um, I could see it, I could see this working out for the Bruins, um, but, again, even if it doesn't work out, it's a sixth-round pick that we gave up. It's not like we gave up, um, a first-round pick or anything of note, so, um, I don't know. I like it. Um, Yeah. Um, Should we talk with the Sens trade stuff, or should we wait? I guess I'll just... just, just, um, You can talk about the Bruins, what they did uh, this week, but I'm I'm
0: just going to quickly add that six-round pick can become a fourth if Stafford plays in 50% or more of Boston's remaining regular season and playoff games. The Bruins also have to make it out of round one. So uh, the highest that pick can go is a fourth. Um, Like you said can help out the power play a little bit, good shot, possesses yep. good strength, it's a good depth add, not going to get you 31 goals like he did in 2010-2011, yep. but a good veteran guy, you can plug into your bottom six, he can help out the young guys too, um, I, I think he has a lot of advice to give. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't get a better plan B for Tuka Rast, though. though, yep. um, like Ryan Miller even, but you know, again, Ryan Miller's contract,
1: that probably I was about didn't to say. play into Boston's yeah,
0: favor at all, um, and... I think the reassuring part is that
1: Udobin's starting to pick up some wins. He's won three in a row, Yep.
0: and in each of his last five starts, he's given up three or less. So. Yeah, I was
1: about to say, kudobin has been better lately, so it's not like it's as much of a a big deal anymore, but, it, you know, it could be. I I, I was kind of surprised we didn't go for Fleury or Ryan Miller or any of the, like, just even, like, Kincaid or, or someone like that, but yeah. Um I don't know. At the same time it's you know, Kadoban's been doing pretty well, so um I and mean, it's not like we exactly need um a backup like that. So um it yeah. made sense. Um Alright, I guess I'll just uh sorry. Uh let's do I guess I'll just go in the week and then we'll talk about your sense trades here. Yeah. Uh, um. So the uh, Bruins beat Dallas on Sunday, six to three. It's pretty exciting. Um, it was kind of cool. Uh, I I kind of forgot that game, but yeah, the uh, uh it was. Um, I
0: remember you alluding to the podcast last week, right off the draw. Backus and uh, Ben dropped. Yeah, the they nets. did.
1: Oh, yeah, they did drop the puck. Uh, I think that it was kind of like boring. Although I feel like. Um, for the rest of the time, but yeah, it was kind of cool. Ben
0: had a smile on his face
1: the entire tilt. Yeah. Um. Hold on. Let me uh bring up the box source. Oh, Bergeron had two goals, one assist. Uh, Marchand had one goal and two assists, which we'll get to in a bit about Marchand. But um, yeah. Uh, so that was cool. Patrice Bergeron's might be back. Um, but yeah the, the stars weren't that good um, then uh, on
0: t- they were able to tie, they were able to tie it up in the
1: second but then they gave up two goals in 40 seconds yeah.
0: that really put the game away but it was uh, just it they, was just they, showing Tukerask-
1: that yeah their defense isn't in the that second great.
0: period he also made 16 saves so he yep. was a bright spot for the Bruins there too.
1: Um, all right then on Tuesday the Bruins played the Arizona coyotes. Uh this was mostly notable cause uh, Colin Miller well first he scored a goal in the first period and then Colin and then I think it was in the second period. Uh Colin Miller hit uh this um hit Alexander Bermistrov. Um it it didn't look I I thought he was gonna get suspended for it, but he like Um, he, like, backed up his, he was, like, uh, preparing for the hit, um, like, for, like, a couple seconds before he actually hit the guy, uh, Burmistrov, Um, and then Burmistrov went flying, he had to be, he was injured, he went to the hospitalized, everything's okay, um, and it turns out Colin Miller, uh, didn't get, um, didn't get suspended at all. Um, it did look clean. I was kind of worried that they were going to, like, call him out for headhunting so you would get, like, one game. But, uh, no, uh, Colin Miller is back. Um, and I get it was kind of surprising, too, uh, that most people agreed with it that it was a legal hit. So that's good to hear. I
0: think even Bermistrov itself,
1: didn't he say it was, it was Yeah, Bermistrov said that, hit. like, well, Colin Miller apologized to Bermistrov and Bermistrov... Yeah like, even said, like, no, it was fine, it was a legal hit, I should have been paying more attention, or something like that. So, I think was, I think the thing was, is that Bermistroff wasn't lo- was, like, looking at the puck instead of, you know, what you're supposed to do, which is, you know, look at your surroundings, so, um, which is something that Bermistroff didn't do, so um, I think that was why he didn't get suspended, because I guess Bermistroff was like, alright, it's fine, I'm he's okay, he was hospitalized, but he uh, t- everything turned out fine, um, but uh, it was definitely a scary moment for sure, um, but I was more worried about, like, oh, what's going to happen to Colin Miller, like, this this was, like, I guess that's what happens to me, like, usually, or what happens to the league is usually you're more worried about, you know, you're like, ah, oh, it's a great hit, and then you don't think about like the perspective of all oh, of these players are like is is he okay kind of thing. Yeah. So um so it was a it was a good hit, but um at the same time you have to like you have to be cautious about those things. But um yeah, the Bruins won uh four to one. Um there wasn't too much to of note here uh, Are you kidding me? Riley Nash scored a game-winning goal, shorthanded. That was the story of the game. No, he didn't. He didn't. Well, it was shorthanded, but he it, it wasn't. Oh, ga- well, I guess it was game-winning. Yeah, it was a game winner. Yeah, but like the Bacchus and Marshawn scored afterwards. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I guess that was cool. I actually, I'll be on the record saying that I didn't watch the full game because I was in class. But that's okay. Um, now <laughs> uh, now we know, uh, on Thursday, the, uh, Bruins played the Rangers, uh, Lundquist had 32 saves, um, and only let up one goal, I don't know if you saw that goal, um, the passing was like diving, and then he, uh, and then Brad Marchand got the rebound and scored, so, uh, that was a nice play, but, yeah, the Rangers, um, Rangers played really well, uh, Pavel Buzhnevich, I don't know how to pronounce his name, um, he had a a nice goal, too, it was, like, a nice snipe there, Oscar Lindbergh had a nice goal afterwards, too, so, but, um, yeah, it was one of those, like, both Rask and Lundqvist were playing really well, it just so happened that Lundqvist was playing better than Rask, so it could have gone either way, but, it was one of those games where, hey, uh, Lundqvist uh, stole the game for us for them. So yeah, the um, can't really complain only had too much shots about shots
0: on goal through 40 minutes. So Boston yep. really didn't give them much.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it was just those two; like they were nice goals. So yeah, you can't. It was just like, hey, this is unfortunate, but whatever. Um, and and then the, the the
0: big the good teams, their unsung heroes, find a way to get it done. Yep. And, and in this case, the Rangers' unsung heroes got the job done. Yep. Uh,
1: then the uh, Bruins played the uh, Devils last night. Um, there was <laughs> it's kind of crazy during the third period. Well, first off, uh, there was a, a goal. Drew Stafford almost got his first goal as a Bruins um, player but uh, they called it off because of a goalie interference and this uh, the Bruins are tied for first for the most goals called back um, which is kind of funny but not if you're a Bruins fan um, and then but he did help out uh, Drew Stafford did help out in the th- uh, for the game winning goal um, which was in the third period Drew Stafford uh, assisted, With uh, to uh, Ryan Stafford, uh, Ryan Ryan Stafford Ryan Spooner, um, and they they scored that way. Ryan Spooner's been uh, pretty good without Claude. I feel like I think they were talking about how like uh, Spooner was saying how uh, he feels he has more freedom um, under Cassidy, and he felt like he was in the doghouse for his entire time. With Claude Julian, like he, he was afraid to make any mistakes, so he didn't even try, really kind of thing. And now he's doing really well. Um, but yeah, so the Bruins won three two in that game. Um, and I think that's it for that game. But yeah, oh, well, not and su- not surprisingly, New Jersey got killed on the shot clock. Yeah. Like it was a three two game.
0: They were outshot forty to
1: seventeen yeah. overall, sixteen to five in the first period, and also. Uh, I forgot to mention that the, uh, the during the third period, the siren kept on going off in the middle of the game. <laughs> it was, it it was, was like crazy. a fire alarm. Or? No, no, like it, you know, uh, you know how like at the end of the game, there's like a siren that ends the game. It went off like early, like ten uh. minutes early. Um, it was it was weird. Um, it was kind of weird too because both times it was when the Devils were. In the um, in their own zone are getting just finally attacking the zone of the Bruins, so <laughs> it was just like a weird, It was a home game too, so, it was so there is something fishy going on there. But um We've had of your trap antics. Yeah, exactly. It's just like um, so. Yeah, the Devils had have every every right to complain if they want to, but um, yeah, yeah. it was just funny. Um, and then uh, also Bruce Cassidy. Um, is 8-2 uh, as a head coach. Uh, they've only lost to the Ducks and the uh, the uh, Rangers. Um, and his biggest game is on Monday. So there's the Bruins-Sens game on Monday. Um, and that's going to be his biggest game. And I can't wait for that. Uh, sorry, you I cut you off. but No, no, that's that's, that's totally fine. You were talking about also uh, Brad Marchand, Bergeon, and yeah, how yeah. well they've been playing. Marchand. I, have sta-
0: I have stats on
1: me if you want me to share them. Well, I was just going to say that Brad Marchand is tied for fourth in points with uh, Brent Burns right now. Um, and only uh, Patrick Kane, Sidney Crosby, and McDavid have more. Um, yeah, he has 67 points. Um, it's kind of like... I would say that he should be nominated for a heart trophy like he should be at least nominated for a heart trophy. I I think it would go to McDavid at the moment, but um like it's it's kind of absurd that he's he has sixty-seven points and is at like is a point leader at this point. Yeah. Um and I don't know where the Bruins would be without him. But I don't think he's even going to be nominated. I have a feeling it's going to be Burns, McDavid, and Crosby who will be nominated. But um, yeah. I think he should deserves he deserves some consideration. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, sorry. Yeah, you have more uh, well, stats on Marshawn. Yeah, and Bergeron. Uh, Bergeron. He's
0: really picked it up in the yep. new year. Thirty points in twenty six games in twenty seventeen. Marshawn twenty seventeen. Nineteen goals in twenty six games. Uh, 36 points in those 26 games, the most of any player in the NHL, let alone his entire yep. team, since January 1st. So, uh, absolutely, Brad Marchand should be considered as to whether or not he will be. It remains yeah, to be seen. I don't the think Eric he will be. And David are all having, as you said. But
1: it's okay uh, though if he's not if he's not gonna be nominated for the Hart Trophy. I feel like that's what like drives him is like yeah. all these like chips on his shoulder. So like I feel like yeah. um, this will only help him. yeah and and he's and he's playing
0: i think he's playing better than he did last year yeah he he is
1: yeah yeah he already has more points than uh he did last year and he and that was his career year so um he has like a month left um i could see him actually getting 80 points or something like that um that's realistic i'm i'm rooting for him um but uh for obvious reasons but Um, yeah, he had 61 points last season, he has 67 points right now, um, and he has a month left, really, so, um, it could happen, he could get 80 points, um, sorry, yeah, so you go, I think that's it for the Bruins here, um, yeah, so, uh, now you talk about the Sens. Yeah, well, uh, just
0: taking a look at the Bruins' schedule, they host Detroit Wednesday, they host Philly Saturday, and then... Uh, as far as the Sens go, their, uh, their um, schedule, they get Dallas Wednesday, they uh, hop on a plane for a Thursday night game in Arizona, and then a busy weekend in Colorado on Saturday night. But before all that, as you mentioned before, the Bruins and Sens go at it in Ottawa Monday yep. night. And I was just Sunday, more excited
1: about that, that I didn't even mention the other things that we have on our schedule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, who cares? Uh, Yeah, who cares? You need to win that game. We do need to win that game. We beat your Bruins. You beat our Sens. Exactly. Uh, So as of Sunday, these two
0: teams are separated by just two points. So again, a big game. Uh, The Sens are currently ranked second in the Atlantic with 76 points. Bruins are third with 74. Uh, Ottawa's still got two games in hand, but Monday's game, a lot up for grabs even still. Uh, The season series shifts to Boston on March 21st and April the 6th. And in my opinion, I think the season series could decide the order of the stadiums, at least for these yep. two teams. Um, they met on November 24th, Since took a 3-1, and the Bruins got 20 shots on goal. Somehow I think that's going to be a much different story. And
1: the way Toronto games. lost a back-to-back, so they're... Yeah,
0: the Leafs are struggling big time,
1: so... Yep. Uh, so they're four points back from Toronto, so... Um, there's that to, uh, to thing. It's like the... The grass that Toronto had is uh, is not as strong this week. But yeah, I, I would expect there is still, there's still going to be pressure on Boston from Toronto throughout the year. Yeah. But yeah, sorry. <laughs> Go on. Um, so, uh,
0: taking a look at um, the Sense and what they did, uh, that... They they made a trade that I'm sure is perfectly timed for your Boston Bruins because uh, Brad right. Marchand is going to have Alex
1: Burrows to worry about. Yeah, just um, as long as he doesn't bite any fingers, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about the Burroughs one for one. Uh, Although I will,
1: I think I uh, I was going to look this up quickly. Jonathan Dolan, the guy they traded. Dolan, um, but yeah, Dolan, whatever. He has. Uh, He's doing pretty well in Sweden, um, where he's from. He has... Hold on, I, I had this up here. Uh, he was a second-round pick in 2016. Um, yeah, he has 44 time. points in 45 games this year in Sweden, um, for his Sweden team. So, uh, it's not like you guys gave up a ton for... I mean, it's not like you guys... I mean, you don't know what he's going to be in NHL. He did give up yeah. a... But it's, like, it could be a Forsberg for Martin Erad trade, especially because Burroughs is 35 years old. Um, so I don't know. And he has he's signed for two years, right? So um, yeah. I don't know. It, it, I don't think it's going to be, like, that drastic. But um, you guys did give up a good prospect for um, this guy.
0: Yeah. Um, Sorry, so, I, I know you
1: didn't... You, no, you were, no, 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 it's, it's fine. I, I don't mind. You said, you said in an email off the air, was it you or someone else that said he's putting up Forsberg-like numbers? Did you mean Philip Forsberg or Peter Forsberg? Um, I don't know if I said much. that. But I, I was just mentioning that it's a lot like that trade, um, or it reminded me a lot like that trade, well, where Forsbergs it's like here, you're trading like a prospect yeah. who's been doing pretty well, for yeah. like an old guy. But Yeah. Uh I don't know um, if it's necessarily gonna be an E rat type like a F- rat Forsberg type trade. Really. We'll have to wait in five years. Exactly. Like it's all about mindset with these trades. Obviously. True, true. But like it's it's one of those things where like like this guy's been doing pretty well in Sweden, so I don't know if it's necessarily um like it it's kinda of, it, it could happen. I don't know. <laughs> it could be uh a bad trade for you guys in the long run, but um, just watching his YouTube yeah. pack uh, of his highlights. Oh yeah, I sent quick. you that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I watched it. Like some of the plays that he was
0: making, even though he didn't score on some of them, he's he's very quick with the puck. Yeah. He's got quick speed. He drives to the net, and boy, he can shoot it. Yeah, uh, only nineteen. As well, so he's only going to get better. He's only going to get bigger. He's only going to get stronger from here on in. That but at the same,
1: same time, uh, Alex Burrows did get a uh, get did get two goals in his first game. So yeah, um, so that I mean it may not it may not be a Martin Erat type deal. So we'll yeah, see.
0: Well, at least at least not right now. Um, yeah. But again, Jonathan Dolan, like unlike Alex Burrows, Jonathan Dolan, he's still a few years away from making an impact on this team. Um, Vancouver needs young goal scorers Dallin definitely fits that bill uh, listened to some of the people reacting Some of the Canucks fans reacting to the trade They love this guy They thought yep. it was a slam dunk for Jim Benning And I think he, he's going to be a good fit for them yes. um, I think he's got a promising future But you look at Ottawa Again, I've reiterated They have Thomas Chabot in their system They have Colin White in their system And they have Logan Brown in their system all three of those guys are ahead of Jonathan Dolan in this uh, prospect pool. And I might bite my tongue in a few years once I see this kid play live, but I, again, that's hindsight's always 20-20 with these right. deals. Burroughs gets under your skin today. He goes to the net today, which Ottawa doesn't have a player, frankly, who does it as well as Burroughs does. He can chip in offensively every now and then today. He's not going to be a near 30-goal scorer today, but I do think today he helps out. With the penalty kill, he does the little things right, the little things that sometimes people take for granted. And he's a pending UFA, but they gave him a two-year extension, less than at less than three million a year. A few, uh, I think, less than even twenty-four hours after the deal was done. If they traded down for a guy like Burroughs, he was only around for twenty games. I'd have a different reaction to this move. Uh, I didn't like Tobias Lindbergh at first getting dealt to Toronto in the Dion Phaneuf trade because of his potential. But Dion has made Ottawa a better team. There's less strain on the likes of Cody Ceci, Dennis, we- uh, uh, De- uh, not Dennis, we- Chris Weidman, and Mark Borvietsky. There's less strain on the young guys with Dion Phaneuf. He helps out the penalty kill. He blocks shots. He does little things right. I'm okay with making trades like this if it makes the team better. And I feel better when I hear someone like Burroughs say, "I want to play here, and I think this team has the pieces to do some damage." So presently, I'm, and I, I know a lot of Sense fans on Facebook that don't like this trade. They're just like, you're getting a guy at 35, you're trading a 19-year-old, that's probably going to be the next big thing since sliced bread. Look, <laughs> Do- Jonathan Dolan's got potential, but I don't know what he's going to be. And if Alex Burrows makes her team better right now, a team that Pierre Dorian said at the beginning of the year, he wants to be a playoff team. I don't mind this trade if it makes us a playoff team and if it makes us tougher to play against. And when I also hear that one of the veterans, when they heard about this trade on the Sens, was asked Pierre Dorian, can I hug you? Like, when one of the veterans gives that kind of seal of approval, and it gets that kind of reception in the clubhouse, like, I don't mind trades like this. If the players like it, I'm willing to give Alex Burrows the benefit of the doubt. And again, it was against Colorado, but he scored twice on three shots. That's yeah. quite the debut for Alex Burrow. So I like at the based on what I've seen
1: early on. I like the trade for Alex, uh, the Burrows for Dalen. One. Yeah, him. I guess in that in that sense, it is a good trade for you guys. Um, you know, he's certainly better than Martin Erat. But uh, <laughs> yes, um, he is. I'm just I'm just more like it's it's not like you guys traded uh, Connor Brown, uh, Shabbat, uh, Brown, yeah. or exactly. Colin White. Um, so it's not that. Uh, in, the, in that sense it's not that bad but at the same time when you like look at those highlight reels and the um, and those numbers you're it's still I don't know I, I, I feel like it's tough to le- let that guy go especially for Alex Burroughs who hasn't been particularly great as he once was a couple of years ago so um, and he's 35 years old so but I don't know I I, I you're, but you're right. If it's like if it's gonna help the team make the playoffs this year, then I think it makes sense to do this trade. So um, but
0: again, yeah. like you, you look at, you hate to see, you hate to part ways so of offensive players like this. But Eric Carlson's an offensive threat. Mark Stone, true. Mike Hoffman, they yep. can all score too. Kyle Turris can score. Zingle has played pretty well too. Yep. So they've got players that have stepped up in the goal scoring department this year that can make plays right now. Uh, it, it just but none of them bring what Alex Burroughs brings True. And, and, and that's that's why I'm, I'm yeah. okay with parting ways for a prospect if it means we get a guy for a couple of years that makes his team better
1: yeah but still uh, yeah but at the same yeah I guess you're right it's like it's tough to know the future and, exactly. and I'm sure but it's at the same time I, I don't know I feel like Burroughs may not be as good as he is he's going to dwindle down in terms of skill in a couple of years. So I don't know if you necessarily um, want to just because he is 35 years old. He's going to be 37 by the end of this contract. So yeah. Um, I don't know if he necessarily, um, in like in a couple of years when Jonathan Darlene is in Vancouver and Burroughs, you're still paying Burroughs to be on the bench or something like that. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's, if you'll be uh, liking that trade or not, so we'll see. But again,
0: he's not, he's, he's not, getting, he's not getting paid you know, a crazy amount of money with yeah. this new deal either. I
1: guess that's true, it's just, like, I don't know if it's, like, yeah, if it's making the playoffs, yeah, that I could see that, but it's not like, I don't know if this necessarily makes you win another round, per se, um... But if it's making the playoffs, then yeah, I guess you do do it, if that's your goal. But uh, I don't know if it's like uh, you're all of a sudden a cup contender. I don't think you are. Well, if, if they want to make a deep playoff run, you're more than likely going to get someone from your
0: division. And if it's Montreal, you've got to deal with Steve Ott, Andrew Shaw, sure. Andreas Martinson, who can hit. Um if true. it's Boston, you know it's going to be Marchand. If it's Florida, it could be Sean Thornton, who fought Faneuf, Borokop, and Chris Neal in Sunday's game. He fought three different senators. Wow. And all of them are pretty tough, and he,
1: and he held his own in all three. Yeah, fields. no, so, true. I just, I, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, all right. I guess we're, we're going to agree to disagree on this. Well,
0: yeah. <laughs> and, 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 like, honestly, there. are I know a lot of Sets fans on Facebook. I know I'm in the minority for yeah. a fact. Okay. Like, a Coover is probably going to get the better in this deal long term because we're probably only going to get a couple of years of Alex Burroughs. Right. But in the in the short term, I like this trade. I like okay. what he
1: brings. All right. So <laughs> um, Go on.
0: Yeah. So, well, we're done talking about Burroughs. I like what I see from yeah. him. Victor Stahlberg for a third-round
1: pick. I love that move. You're okay. not
0: giving up that much. Yeah, he scored future. last night, too, no, right? He's not consistent. He's not a consistent twenty goal scorer. He's big and strong, though, and he's also got speed, which puts less strain on guys like Pajot to play that type of game. He has eighty one career NHL goals. None of them have been on the power play, so I think it's safe to say we know where the Sens aren't going to play him. and yeah. That's a, with when they have a power play, but um, uh, that 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 trade I have
1: no problems with, and he's already got a goal in his uh, yeah. And he also has this a Stanley Cup. He, we got the goal, so. he also has Stanley Cup experience. He was on those Chicago early teams in the 2010, yeah. I think, in 2013. So, yeah, I like this move too for you guys. Yeah, um,
0: the last move, it, the trade didn't really surprise me, but it was still a bit of a shocker. Curtis Lazar has gone to the Calgary Flames along with Mike Koska, a less than 30 minutes before the trade deadline for defenseman Yokipaka, who was put on waivers the day before and a second-round pick in June's draft. Uh, it should be noted that Yerke was dealt to Calgary from Dallas last year in the Chris Russell deal. He's also got a stellar name, Yerke O'Keefe. Yeah, that guy. that's that a name.
1: cool name. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, 147 games of NHL experience, three goals and 28 points. Not so stellar, but I think the second-round pick is probably what made this trade happen. Um, for, for Curtis Lazar, I really feel bad for him. He, I, he wanted a shot at playing in the NHL this year or in any league, and – You look at the Burroughs trade, and you look at the Stahlberg trade, and you look at Colin White, guys like him on the horizon, he was slowly being squeezed out of the lineup, just like Matt Pumple was becoming expendable when Dezingle was starting uh, to pick it up a little bit offensively. And I hate to see a team give up on a first-round pick, especially a hard worker like Kurtz, but I think this was the right move for both sides, and ultimately I think the right move for his career because if they didn't trade him now, He'd be in a yep. similar place next year as he was this year. and Before this week, there was a time when he and Chris Neal were both sitting in the
1: press box watching the game. So, um, I didn't realize that Curse only had one point this year. In 33
0: games, and, and I think yeah. he had a career-high 20, 20 points. It was either this year or the year before that. So, like he, that, yeah. he's, he's got a lot of upside to his game. Uh, also, being a kid from BC, this trade also brings Curtis a little closer to home, so I think that's better for him in that respect as well. Um, I really hoped he was going to get another crack. Um, considering that he started off the year battling mono, that really set him back. I think and just really didn't recover from that. But um, I, I, I think looking back, I think it was it was right uh, for Pierre Dorian to make this trade just for the sake of Curtis Lazar's career. It just didn't work you. out in Ottawa. And as much as I'd like him to be here, I, he just he just really became expendable very fast. So.
1: Mm. But I, Kurt, Curtis
0: gave gave it everything he had, and probably my best moment you, of Curtis Lazar is remember when uh, the Hamburglar, oh yeah, uh, theme uh, people were throwing hamburgers on the ice, and
1: he picked it, it picked one up off the ice, and he ate it. Yeah, yeah. and he tweeted out after it needs more ketchup, boys. <laughs> yeah, so that was probably that. my favorite Curtis Lazar moment. Um, do you think Curtis Lazar is going to be a good pro, like in Calgary, or? I think he's going to be an effective NHL player.
0: He's not going to light it up. I think 30 to 40 point guy every year if he lives up to his potential. But I think he's going to get a better chance in Calgary than he did in Ottawa. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, As far as the Sens' performance, um, Mark Stone and Mike Hoffman, they did in fact return to the lineup on Sunday night. Both goalies in that game, Reimer and Anderson, played very well. But uh, Anderson had 15 saves in the third, 37 on the night, and that was the difference in the end. I also liked how Ottawa was able to dig deep, hunker down, and hold on to the 2-1 lead in the final minute or so. Uh, They didn't have an easy time with that last year, but I feel more confident when they have a lead in the late stages of the game with Guy Boucher at the helm, and that's in any way no disrespect to Dave Cameron and his coaching staff. It just seems like the results this year have been better, and and more importantly, a little more consistent. Like, you see them string more wins together as opposed to losses. Um, they get more momentum out of these wins. And that that's how you become a playoff team is you win those close games. And Ottawa's done a lot of that this year. Um, but occasionally, you're going to have a pretty bad game, and that was the case against Tampa on Monday. I mean, how in the world is Nikita Kucherov able to score a natural hat trick on the power play in a single period in just under four in just over fourteen minutes from almost the exact same spot. <laughs> wow. like, the guy's close to thirty goals for a third straight year. We all know he could score. Why are you testing fade people? Yeah. That's crazy. So it, the, the funny part is that the Sens got forty shots on goal and they outshot Tampa by six in that game, but four goals second period really did them in big time um the good news is they were able to get back on track against Colorado and while they didn't destroy them they got a two-to-one win I don't care at this point they got a win Burrows had quite the debut as we mentioned earlier two goals on his first three shots not bad at all um Ottawa blocked 25 shots in that game as well enough and Carlson accounted for 12 of Ottawa's 25 block shots and people talk about how good uh Brent Burns has been I looked at uh, NHL.com and it says he has 122 giveaways. Brent Burns does. Eric Carlson's got less than 90.
1: Yeah, Carlson's not slouch either.
0: Yeah, so the fact that Carlson, like, he's not tearing it up as Burns or Hedman have this year, but he's a better all-around defenseman.
1: And and I'm just, and he's blocking shots. I think he had. Six of them, yeah. I've noticed uh, that he's been more defense. I was looking at his stats the other day. He's been more yeah. defensive than he usually has been. Yeah,
0: he's a better all-around player for sure. Yeah. So um, and and he blocked six shots, I believe, in that Colorado game. Um, the offense outshot the Avs forty-two to twenty-three in the game, twenty-nine to thirteen in the final two frames. So all in all, just a good team game by Ottawa. Again, they were able to grind out a close win. So get get. They're getting results. That's all I care about. Uh, And then they got more results on Saturday against Columbus, a team that will definitely make the playoffs this year, unlike the Avs. Uh, Bobrovsky, though, not in the net for this one. Um, He didn't play. He only played in the 2-0 game that Ottawa won in Columbus uh, when Anderson was still away from the team with his wife there, uh, Nicole. Uh, So that was the only game that Bobrovsky played against Ottawa. Since uh, we're actually trailing 1 nothing in this game, and the other new guy, Victor Stahlberg, scored his first goal with his new team. Again, just go to the net, wait for the loose puck to pop up, and then jam it in. So, just again, not making the fancy plays all the time, just making the simple plays. They ended up getting three unanswered. Uh, Zach Smith has four shorthanded goals on the year and two in the last week, so that was pretty impressive. Uh, Lace is on an empty net. Don't know, don't care. Um, Again, Columbus made an interesting sense. hunker down in the final minute, they got it done. Um, Carlson also played. Speaking of which, talking about Carlson again, he played in his three hundred t- uh, uh, he's played in three hundred and twelve straight games. That mm-hmm. sets a new Iron Man streak uh, for the franchise. So that's a franchise record. Well, also scored his first goal on home ice since December third. Little known fact. Cool. Um, one thing that Ottawa could improve on in the Columbus game, I saw a bit of slashing and tripping from the Sens. Maybe you need to clean up that a little bit, especially if they play Boston. You just can't take undisciplined penalties like that.
1: Um, is that it?
0: <laughs> yeah, if you want to chime in, feel free. Oh, <laughs>
1: uh, I, 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 thought, I, I thought there was more for that. Um... No, no, no. Yeah, but uh, the uh, the Bruins game should be, uh, the Bruins-Sens game on Monday should be exciting. Yeah, uh, and it should also be noted,
0: Ottawa's got, as we mentioned, they, yeah. this is the first of three games they have left against Boston. I also believe yeah. they play Montreal three more times. So those six games, I, I think, are going to be really, um, I think they're really going to be must-win games for Ottawa. So they really need to yeah. to do sketch against both Boston and Montreal, and that yeah, starts this is-
1: Monday's. This I, I alluded to this before, but this is Bruce Cassidy's biggest game on Monday, so uh, yeah. we'll see it. Like he's, you know, he's won against the Sharks twice, but um, yeah. we should see if he. Uh, this is like a division rival here, so we'll see if he can uh, actually do, um, you know, d- do well here against the Sanders. And I, you know, I hope uh, Cassidy's eight and two currently. Under, as the Bruins head coach, so I hope that, like, I think if the uh, Bruins get, like, start winning, even if they, like, just miss the playoffs, but if, like, they get, like, 95 points, um, I would say I think Cassidy keeps his job, um, <laughs> and it's really his to lose at this moment, but... This is going to be a big game for him in a first like, test to see how he does under this pressure. So, we'll see.
0: And, and Montreal's also won, it should be noted, Montreal's won five straight games at the time yep. of recording this podcast. They're six points ahead of Ottawa, so the winner of this game might also gain some ground on the Habs, too, True. which would be a bonus.
1: Yeah. Uh, Facebook, LaceMUpPodcast. Uh, Twitter is Lace M podcast. Uh... You're probably listening to this on SoundCloud, which is Lace Em Up. Um, or you subscribe to us on iTunes at Lace them Up. Uh, just search that through and subscribe to us if you're not on iTunes already. Um, you can also email us at laceupbag at um, We're waiting for any questions, any comments, anything. Um, yeah, uh, I'm Brett Duboff.
0: I'm Steve Ellsworth. We'll talk again in hopefully a more condensed version of the <laughs> Waste My Podcast. That would be episode 68 where we will pay homage to Yarmar Yager. Talk to you then. Yep.